Today, I am bringing you another fabulous guest episode, and in it, we're going to be talking all about this, which is a quote from author Kemi Sugunle. Be mindful of your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your reality. This has become a really important part of my life and my mindset work, finally realizing if I kept seeing and thinking about things in the same way, I would keep getting the same results. And that if I wanted to change that, what needed to shift was not forever trying out new actions, but actually going to the root of it all, which was what I was thinking. And cynical as I was to start with, now that I've seen it in action, I know that using your thoughts to change your reality really, really works. So join me and my wonderful guest today to find out about how you can use this to the benefit of all areas of your fitness and wellness. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at Alex Chickfit. Hello and a lovely big welcome back. How are you this week? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, actually. I've had a really good start to the year with Chick Fit and really feel in the flow with all of that. And of course, now we're in spring and the days are getting longer. There's that real feeling of lightness and ease that I'm really enjoying as well. Plus, after a little bit of a maybe slow spell on my mindset work, which as you all know, is really, really important to me, I am getting back into the groove with all of that and it is really, really helping. And I was guilty of getting really busy, particularly in March. And I let the ball drop on that a little bit. But I'm now making the time for my meditation, my journaling, all those other lovely things that make up my mindset work. And it's feeling really good. And that leads me on to today's guest, because today I am joined by a wonderful health coach, Jane Hughes, who I've got to know well over the last year or so, because not only is she busy running her own wonderful health coaching business, but a little while ago, she also came on board to offer health coaching inside my Chick Fit Members Club as well. So she's a regular in there, offering all of her expertise to my members, particularly around the subject of habit change. So of course, I just had to get her onto the podcast and pick her brains on your behalf as well. And today we're talking about something that's really close to both of our hearts, which is all about how our thoughts shape our reality and how that relates to getting what we want when it comes to our fitness, nutrition, wellness, and ultimately to our confidence as well. So hello, a big welcome, Jane. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks and for having me we, on. Uh, that's, that's fine. I was, uh, I've been meaning to do it for ages and I was, I kept saying, <laughs> and I was like, right, come on, let's do this. Let's do this. So before we dive into it, it's always helpful to understand a little bit about what you do, how you help your clients, and maybe a bit about your own story as well. So do you want to start by filling us in on that first? Yeah. So I'll start with my story and how I kind of got into things, and then I'll tell you a bit about what I do. So it goes back quite a while now, probably about 15 years, which makes me feel a bit old when I say that. But my dad he experienced a series of heart attacks and 
coming from, you know, a biology background, I just couldn't understand why this had happened to him because he didn't smoke. He wasn't overweight. He had a really healthy diet. He exercised just the week before he had his first heart attack. He was actually um, cycling up a mountain in Mallorca. So I just didn't get it. I was like, what is, what is going on? Like, how has this man had a heart attack? And so I started to research and, um, I came across quite a large body of evidence about the effects of lifestyle changes on chronic disease. Um, one of those being diet, but, you know, others being things like stress and sleep and, you know, really quite profound effects. And I also then came across a scientist called Dean, Dr. Dean Ornish and him and his wife, Anne, they run a program in America where they get people in who have heart disease, sometimes quite advanced heart disease, and they basically change their diet. They put them in groups and help them form really kind of deep bonds and communities. They do stress um, stress reduction techniques with them. You know, they get them meditating and things, make sure that their sleep is optimal and get them moving. And the results that they get, I think I might be wrong, but I think it's around 80%. It's a majority anyway of the patients that do this can actually experience reversal of their heart disease and their heart disease symptoms, which blew my mind when I first found out about that. Because to me, heart disease was always something you got and then it just got progressively worse. You had to sort of manage it. You couldn't reverse it. Mm -hmm. So that was crazy. So that kind of set me on this journey of looking at how diet and lifestyle can impact health. And so I started to kind of change my own life and, you know, implement those changes and completely got rid of IBS, which I'd suffered from my entire life quite badly. Um, and I used to get really bad chronic migraines as well. And they have not completely gone, but they are hugely, hugely improved. Like I would say, I get them once every few months now, whereas before it could be as much as once a week, it was really quite bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, that just kind of sold me on the whole thing. And then I started thinking about becoming a nutrition coach. I'd heard about coaching and did a coaching qualification um, to become a nutrition coach, but realized, you know, that wasn't really going to fulfill me in the way that I wanted. It wasn't just about nutrition. That's not what I only wanted to be talking to people about. And so I found another program, which was um, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition in New York. And they take the approach where you have to bring in every single aspect of your life into balance and you have to achieve wellness in all aspects of your life like not complete wellness but you have to be working on them all and Mm -hmm. that's where the true kind of health comes from so that's kind of like the life coaching aspect of it Mm -hmm. so yeah and then I just worked more and more on coaching mindset Mm -hmm. and ultimately how your thoughts create your reality so that is what I do with clients I kind of help them bring aspects of their life into balance um, and help them work on their mindset and show them how their thoughts are creating the situations that they're in. And then we help, we work mm-hmm. on changing those so they can basically just design the way, their life the way they want it and then love living it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a little bit about, more about that in a minute. But before I do that, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, a, a large part of what we're talking about today is this mindset work. But before I get on to asking you more about it for everybody else, I'd love to know what do you personally do in terms of mindset work? Because I think that when I talk to people about mindset, I think there's often that block of, but what what does that actually mean and what does it look like? So how how does it look like for you, for example, doing that stuff? Yeah, that's a great question. Because I think, like you say, we talk about mindset all the time, but people are like, well, what do I do? And so first and foremost, I have a coach myself. I think coaching is huge. I know you have a coach as well, Alex, and it's fantastic. It's such a great resource. And I think I'll have a coach forever, to be honest, because Mm -hmm. 
when I have a coach, things just get better. (laughs) So I think I'll always have one. And I also do a lot of journaling. So I find that is really important, especially when it comes to bringing awareness to the thoughts you're actually having. Like people talk about awareness quite a lot, but we often just go through our day to day and we don't really think much about the thoughts that we're having. We're busy. We're not really aware of what's going on up there. So if I'm, you know, going through a particularly hard time or something is bothering me, I'll often just sit down and journal about it, just literally write about it on a page. And that can help me kind of pick out what thoughts I'm actually having around the situation. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of journaling and um, yeah, I do like affirmations, visualizations. And one of the most important things that I do, which I often have to remind myself to do, and I've, I've heard you talk about this as well, is getting a lot of quiet time mm-hmm. just to think. And I think as busy, you know, working mums, we often that gets put right to the bottom of the pile, but it's so important in terms of mindset. So I have to work really hard to make sure that I get that in, Um, you know, I schedule it in and I just make sure I communicate it with my partner and say, you know, I need to go and do this. I need this time and just making sure I get a lot of time to just sit and think really. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I think that, you know, what always strikes me and I know that where I've been in the past is is that a lot of us are very uncomfortable with our thoughts and our feelings yeah right yeah. So because we're, we're not used to sitting with that or being aware of it and it can feel very uncomfortable um, yeah. and so quite often just allowing ourselves to feel those feelings we, we often try and paper over it don't we and try and mm-hmm. ignore it bury it um hide it keep busy so we don't have to think about it and actually sitting with those feelings and understanding what's going on within you is so important as so hard, but so important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I always describe it to clients as, you know, when you try to distract yourself from feelings, a feeling is like a caged, a wild animal, a caged wild animal in your body. If you just let it pass through your body and don't try to resist it will pass through, it will pass and there will be a finish to it. But if you kind of try and repress it and ignore it and, you know, just distract yourself from it, it will fight to get out and it'll cause all sorts of damage on the way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so, you know, once we stop and just acknowledge what we're feeling and allow it to pass, Mm. that's, you know, when healing can happen and you can be aware of your thoughts and you can actually move on from it. But the more you kind of try and distract yourself from it, the longer it's going to linger and the worse yeah, it'll be. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. So moving on to these thought patterns and how it can actually affect the outcome of what we're getting in life. I've always struggled with this. I've had to work really hard at this because I'm a real doer. Like I'm, you know, if you tell me to do something, I will do it. <laughs> I just mm-hmm. get the job done. <laughs> and, you know, my view always was, well, if you take the right actions, then you're going to get the right result. And yet mm-hmm. half the time I wasn't getting the results that I wanted with certain things. And I was like, I don't understand. I'm doing all the things I'm being told to do, but I'm just not getting the outcome. And, you know, back then, even when I this was happening, the idea that what I actually needed to do was change my mind first rather than my actions was actually a really tough one for me. You know, I kept thinking, well, if I, I'll just do it differently. I'll just do it differently. I'll just do it differently. So it's taken me quite a long time to come around to the idea that actually the act, most of the actions I take are actually okay. It's the thoughts that go with them that, that tend to be the issue. So can you explain a bit more about this? Like, why is it so important that we work on our thoughts before we work on our actions? Yeah. So a couple of things there. I wouldn't say it's necessarily important, like an absolute necessity that you do it beforehand. You can certainly start taking action 
towards your goal before um, at the same time as working on your thoughts. Like you don't have to have your thought process perfect before you start taking action. Just start doing them both at the same time. The problem comes when you start taking action without bringing your thoughts to your awareness and without doing that thought work. Often you'll achieve a result that you don't want. And that's because like you just said, you'll take the action, you take the action. But if you don't have the thought right in the first place, the action that you take won't actually be the right action for what you're trying to achieve. So one of the best ways to kind of show people this, if anybody at home is listening and they, you know, are a bit of a geek like me, grab a pen, pause it, grab a pen and paper and write this down. (laughs) So this is called The Model. And this was developed by Brooke Castillo, who is the founder of the Life Coaching School in America. And you can use this to self-coach yourself. So if you have any situation that you're not happy with, you can do this and it will kind of show you what thought you're having and how that thought is creating your result. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go through a couple of examples with you now, and I'll use the example of getting married. Okay. So when people are getting married, what are they thinking about walking down the aisle in their dress? Generally, what would you say they were thinking about? Um, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, trying to like think back to my own wedding. What was I thinking when I was walking down the aisle? I have no idea. <laughs> Just get- well, so most people when they're not when you're actually walking down the aisle. I mean, okay. like when you're planning your wedding and oh, you're thinking okay, about you know your dress and stuff. And with yeah. regards to your looks, you're kind of most people are thinking, I want to look amazing in my dress. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get you. So most people are thinking that. So that then becomes like a predominant thought that they have. And they're reminded of it all the time. That then produces a feeling. So the thought that you have produces a feeling. And if you're thinking, I want to look amazing in my dress, the feeling that that thought is going to produce would be like motivated, excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay. So then if you're feeling motivated and excited, you're much more likely to take actions like going to the gym, eating well, taking care of yourself. So saying no to things that, you know, are going to set back your progress and whatever. And then the result of those actions will be that you'll feel and look amazing in your dress. Yeah. If on the other hand, we change that thought. So the circumstance, so the C for circumstance, if you're writing this down at home is you're getting married again, but the thought this time is I'm going to look awful in my dress. What feelings is that going to produce? Probably, you know, unmotivated, embarrassed, maybe even a bit of shame or guilt. And when you are feeling that, what actions are you going to take from that place? And it's probably not going to be looking after yourself and treating yourself well. You're probably going to be eating rubbish, not going to the gym, inaction, basically, because what's the point? You're going to look awful in your dress anyway. So why bother? Okay. And then the result is you feel like you don't look nice in your dress on the day. Mm. So it's two situations where the circumstances are the same, but the thoughts create feelings that mm. produce very different actions. And that's how your reality is created by your thoughts. Yeah, it's a really interesting one as well, isn't it? And I think that um, it, sometimes you have to look a bit deeper as well. So, you know, when I talk to my clients and members about this stuff, I often talk about the idea of stories mm. uh, because, you know, we may be saying, oh, you know, I really want to get fit and, you know, feel more confident, for example. You know, that's why I'm going to start exercising. So, you know, I'm sick of feeling a bit, you know, a bit rubbish and a bit sluggish. I want to feel fit and amazing and I'm going to do this thing. And then we might start and then a couple of weeks later find that we're struggling, we're struggling to stay motivated and we, can't, and we sort of go around in circles with this, not quite understanding why we're not keeping it going. And I often think it's the stories that come underneath because on a very, you know, on a reasoning level, we're saying to ourselves, but why can't I do this? Because I, I've, 
I want to. I want to feel better, right? And you may want to feel better, but it's what's going on underneath. And often the stories that are going on underneath are things like, I hate exercising, or I'm no good at motivating myself, or this isn't going to work. So I think there's that like you say, there's that top level, like you you actually think to yourself, oh God, I'm going to look terrible in this dress and you're like panicking that you're not going to fit into it and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But then often there's like an underlying thing as well that we get where we will say one thing, but actually the story that's going on underneath, the subconscious story is something slightly different. So what's your take on that? And how can we sort of like delve a little bit deeper into what is actually going if, if we find ourselves like doing the same things over and over again telling ourselves we do yeah. want to change but they're not changing like how do we how do we delve into that yeah so your stories are just your predominant thoughts but they're like you say often on a subconscious level mm-hmm. so if you go a level deeper like you said your thoughts are actually created by your beliefs and your beliefs are formed as a child most of the time and a lot of the time we don't think about what our beliefs are they just form thought patterns and so that's why it's so great to have a coach because your coach can help you go that bit deeper and figure out what your beliefs are how they've formed and how they're then contributing to your thoughts mm-hmm. so but your stories like you say that you tell yourself and the kind of ideas people have themselves about themselves are just predominant thoughts really Mm -hmm. And that's why the example of the wedding is so powerful, because in order for something to become a predominant thought, you have to kind of be reminded of it all the time. And when people are getting married, if you think about, you know, the thought, I want to look amazing in my dress, they are constantly thinking about their wedding because most days they're planning something or thinking about something or talking about it to someone. People are asking them about it they're visualizing it because they're thinking about their dress and they maybe go for dress fittings. They're looking at pictures on Pinterest. You know, they're really bombarding their mind with that thought. So it becomes the predominant thought and therefore overrides any story, if you like, or subconscious thought that they've had in the past. So, you know, stories that we tell ourselves are also just thoughts that are just there the majority of the time. And that's why we really need to bring them to awareness first and look at what are you telling yourself? What are you thinking on a day-to-day basis? Is it, you know, I love my body, I want to treat it well, or is it, you know, I'm fat and disgusting, which that sounds really strong when you say it out loud, but that's often the, the type of really harsh things that people say to themselves in their mind. And so, yeah, that's why you have to bring them to awareness and then you have to work on reprogramming your thoughts. So, yeah, but you just basically want to reprogram it so much that it becomes your predominant thought. And that's when you start taking action and really feeling those emotions and taking action from that place yeah it's almost like a reframing it's like you know if somebody if somebody comes to me and says oh you know I really want to get fit but I just never been very good at it I've always you know I've never enjoyed exercise like I'll always get them to reframe it to something like you know I'm gonna have fun trying different things out until I find what I enjoy you know that sort of thing so it's not because I think sometimes we feel like we've got to turn a negative into it like a really positive thought and sometimes that could be a big old stretch like you say like the you know the oh god I feel fat and disgusting thing like we do say that to ourselves so flipping that to I feel amazing or you know I love myself like that's that's too big of a step for most people so they don't do it so they just stay with the I'm fat and disgusting thought instead so it's almost saying to me what how how about the middle ground of I'm okay with myself you know that can feel a little bit easier to get to so I think it's that you know I always try and get people just to reframe that thought a little bit and take it not to like the complete opposite yes to take it somewhere where they're kind of giving themselves that bit of encouragement almost 
Yeah, absolutely. You can talk about something called the thought ladder. And it's basically that idea, exactly what you've just said. Like if you're telling yourself you're fat and disgusting to say to someone, oh, well, you just need to choose a thought. I'm gorgeous and I love my body. They're going to be like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Like it just doesn't, it's not going to resonate and it's not going to feel real. And Mm -hmm. in order for this to work, the thought that you're choosing, you have to really be able to feel it. So we talk about the thought ladder and you can say, you know, what is the next available thought that you could have, which you could resonate with that, you know, you could feel that you could actually step into. And that if you're, if you're someone who's saying I'm fat and disgusting all the time, it might just be, I'm ready to start to love myself. Mm -hmm. So you're just basically saying you're ready to start thinking of something different, but you're not actually saying, you know, I'm gorgeous. I love myself. I'm so sexy because it just doesn't feel real at that moment. And once that person can really feel into, I'm ready to start to love myself. They can then go a step up from that and choose Mm -hmm. something else that feels like, you know, they can really kind of feel at that moment. And it helps to lead you to an action as well, doesn't it? Because if you go from, you know, I feel disgusting to I feel amazing, there's like, there's no action with that feeling amazing. Whereas when you're like, I'm ready to start working towards that, you sit down and you go, okay, well, I'm ready to start working towards that. How does that look? How do I yeah. start taking those steps? So that thinking can lead you into, you know, like my exercise example, you know, I hate exercise. There's no action there. I love exercise. There's not necessarily any action there, but the in-between one, which is I'm going to have fun experimenting. You're like, right. Okay. So where do I start? What thing am I going to try first kind of thing? So yeah. it's leading you to, to those actions. I was just going to say, it's all about the feeling that those thoughts create. And that's why you get in the action or the inaction because of the feeling that it creates. So when you're just willing to think something that opens you up, Hmm. like I'm ready to start to love myself, Mm -hmm. you create more open feelings, which then leads to more action because you're open, you're open-minded, you're ready to just kind of explore and be curious rather than, you know, I'm fat and disgusting, just creates complete inaction because you're just shutting down. Yeah, definitely. So if somebody is sitting there right now thinking, okay, so this is all very well and good, but how do I start this process of working on my mindset? What would you suggest to the first couple of steps that they could start taking into doing that? So I think the most important thing that anyone can do if they want to start working around mindset is just becoming more aware of what they're actually thinking on a day-to-day basis. Mm. And so, like I said, the best way I think to do that, if you're not going to hire a coach and talk about it with someone, I would start to write it down in a journal. So, you know, just every day at the end of the night, just write, you know, spend five, 10 minutes just writing the things that you've experienced and particularly focus on areas where you want to change, but you're not perhaps producing the change you want. Mm. Write down your feelings and your experiences around that each day. And you'll start to see the thoughts that are driving your actions. You'll start to see the kind of patterns that are coming up in the way that you're thinking about it. And I think just really bringing awareness to your thoughts is the first step, because without awareness of what you're actually thinking, you can't do any of this. <laughs> you can't do any of the work. So, Have you got any final thoughts? So, if, you know, I'm sure there are people still out there kind of that are not maybe totally convinced yet. And if you are not convinced yet, do not worry, because I've totally been there myself. And I've been like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Whatever you say, it's all about the thoughts. But I just need to do a different action. I just need to do a different action. You know, I've totally done it. Then how would you persuade them that 
they are, if they do this for themselves, they're going to start to see a different result. I would challenge them to do the model that I just talked about. So, you know, I'll just quickly run through it again for anyone who's at home. So you start with the C, which is your circumstance. So write down the circumstance that should be neutral. It should have no feeling behind it. Then write down a thought that you're having about that circumstance, the feeling that's creating in your body, the actions that you're then taking from that place and the result. Mm -hmm. And that should very clearly show you how the thought you're having is creating the result that you're getting because it's creating a feeling which is making you take those actions. So I would do that. Just sit and run it through the model. And if you're still not convinced or you can't figure it out, book a call with me and I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I promise I will show you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it might be a good idea to put put that model in the show notes as well so that people can have a look afterwards. So we'll pop that in there. So if you want to like go and, um, you know, take a quick look at that and look at that model, then you can do that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, this has been absolutely brilliant. You know, I knew this would be a great episode because I've loved all of the many chats we've had already. (laughs) And I know we're already on the same page about so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, but before you do go, can you just let everybody know where they can find out a bit more about you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Live Long and Lush, and uh, my Facebook page Jane Hughes. You know, feel free to add me as a friend. I often put like tips on there for people that they can use. I have a website as well, www.livelongandlush. Thank you so much, Jane. It's been brilliant. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. Well, there you go. So change your thoughts, change your reality. How is that sitting with you right now? Like I said, I'm a very practical person and it's taken me a long time, maybe too long to realise that this really is true. But honestly, now that I've seen it in action myself, I can't unsee it. So good luck with your mindset work. Let me know how you get on and what changes for you. And make sure you also go and share this episode with your friends and tell them to subscribe as well. And I hope that you've loved joining me and Jane today. It's been a true pleasure as always. And I'm going to see you again next time. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.